Disclosure, the information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, any and all information presented in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making any decision. What's up, everyone? Ben Keedy here with the Wealth Crypto Podcast, and we've got another great episode today, this time with Josh Skigala. Those of you who have been listening might remember him from earlier this summer, so he's a repeat guest. Josh is the co-founder of The Standard, which is a decentralized stablecoin and lending protocol. Uh, but he wanted to come on and talk about a number of updates to the platform, most Significantly, they have what they call their smart vaults up and running, which is key to how the platform works. So we get into this in the podcast. I won't waste time here. So hope you enjoy it. Thanks. All right. We're live. Josh, what's up, man? Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, man. Good to see you too. It's been, yeah. uh, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, maybe just for everyone listening again, just give a brief overview of who you are and what you're doing with the standard, and then we can jump into all the new stuff that you want to give us an update on. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Joshua Shigala. I've been working in Bitcoin since late 2010, and uh, that's why I've hardly got any hair left. You know, <laughs> my, my my haircut's getting similar up here, so um, it happens to us all. <laughs> <laughs> the the roller coaster from hell keeps on going. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's you know it's it's uh, one of these things that Bitcoin really for me was the uh, the future of the separate, you know, of money being the separation of money and state, and all this great stuff, and and then I, I went on. I lost a lot of money in Mount Gox, which led me to create a transparency protocol for centralized exchanges um, called the Glassbooks Protocol. And um, as we shopped that about, we realized that centralized exchanges didn't want to be transparent. Sure. <laughs> so we're like, oh, okay, they're probably all in fractional reserve then, and. Um, and then what we did is we went and built a, uh, um, a an exchange between Bitcoin and physical gold. Mm -hmm. So this was called Voltoro. We launched that. Uh, we built it in 2014, uh, launched it in 2015, and uh, it allowed people to because back then, if you <laughs> if you took out any money profits from Bitcoin, uh, in, and it ended up on your bank account, the bank would basically freeze your account and tell you like. We uh, don't need to give you a reason why we're freezing the account, and everyone knew oh, it's because I dealt with Bitcoin. Oh, that's interesting. So was that yeah. was that in, were you in Australia at the time? That, that no, I, I, I was in Berlin at that time. Okay, yeah. so huh? Yeah, and so we built that basically to enable people to start taking profits in their crypto and and sure. uh, without touching a bank. So they would buy allocated physical bullion that was uh, fully insured and fully audited by BDO. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um and yeah and and it would be, you know, se segregated allocated. And then the, when they wanted to sell that again, it would just be an order book and they'd say oh, I want this much gold or I want this much bitcoin and yeah, it was very niche. It was kind of this Venn diagram of the two, you know, sure. bitcoin yeah. and gold bugs. And sometimes they don't get along and sometimes they do. And we grab those that do. So um, yeah. yeah, we did that. And um, and then in about 2020, I started really seeing the rise of stable coins 
And I'd been watching stablecoins. I was always very upset by them because they're just ridiculous, especially the centralized ones. Sure. Uh, you know, we've gone full circle. We've gone like, oh, crypto, fantastic. We can get away from fractional reserve. It's decentralized. It's wonderful. And then now it comes Tether. Everyone's loving yeah. it. Yeah. And, and 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 there's a little bit of history behind Tether too. You know, why that was needed was because, again, because the banks kept on freezing accounts for exchanges. Like people... Uh, you know, we run, ran uh, us running an exchange know this firsthand is that we had a team of people opening up bank accounts because they would close them basically as fast as you could open them. <laughs> yeah. So you always had to stay ahead opening up new ac accounts uh, at different banks. And at that time, now it's a uh, it's a bit different. There's uh, crypto friendly banks because they understand. Because remember, back then the media was all about if you're dealing in crypto, mm. it's drug dealers. Yeah, you you're know, a terrorist. That, that, yeah. that was the narrative for a terrorist. And and it because that got clicks. That was the story. Yeah. That was interesting. Uh, yeah. you know, Ross Olbricht and all this stuff. But um, but yeah, so we uh we 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 created that uh, exchange, made it fully transparent, and uh, and that's where we come from. But the 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 um uh, the the stable coins thing really got me fascinated. And I famously, or maybe not so famously, <laughs> I I was uh, re recorded on stage at um, uh, at La Bitconf, um, and I was on a panel, and we were talking about how one of these stable, these decentralized stablecoins, um, was going to fail. These algorithmic ones were going to get very, very big, and then fail, and then cause a massive headache for the industry, and. Uh, we we talked about Terra Luna. They just come yeah. out actually. Yeah. Um, that was 2019, I think. When was it? 2020, maybe. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, time. Yeah, yeah. But but nevertheless, um, it, it wasn't because we knew we were some sort of like oracles. It it was basically because we'd seen it before with BitShares and and a bunch of other algorithmic stablecoins. And so I I came back from that trip and thought right we need a proper decentralized stablecoin because people are going to use it it's a pain in the neck to <laughs> invoice people in stables uh, sorry to invoice people in Bitcoin and Ethereum because sure. you know it's just horrible so um, yeah yeah uh, prices move and shift and your accountant then wants to fire you as a client because it's yeah. just too annoying for them and. Yeah. So anyway, so we we built we started working on the standard, uh, which was the ultimate borrowing protocol uh, at zero percent interest because I didn't like the usury stuff that was happening in DeFi, um, and also uh, uh, yeah, having a stablecoin standard built on basically people, thousands of people around the world locking up assets into smart contracts that they only control, mm -hmm. so nobody else controls them. You're not. We don't need to trust Celsius or BlockFi or any of these people to borrow money. Uh, and you're you're creating a stablecoin that is backed by the assets you're locking up. So that's that's what the standard is, and that's where I'm come from. <laughs> so yeah. the yeah, long yeah. way. I thought I'd take you the scenic route. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. Um maybe refresh me a little bit on this, because I I haven't dug too much into it since we last spoke, but how, how so you're locking up all sorts of different assets um, through smart crack or smart contracts, and that supports the value of 
this stable coin. Um, Walk me through that a little bit more because like these assets can be super volatile, right? So say you had some NFT that you bought in 2020, 2021, and now it's worth 5% of what it used to be. How how do you kind of walk through the actual stablecoin aspect of, you know, potentially very volatile things locked on the platform? Yeah, sure. So the whole premise is that there's always more value locked up in these smart contracts than there are stable coins in circulation. Okay. And we do that at 110% collateralization. So you have to always lock up 110% more collateral. So we the, the assets that you lock up, they have to be very liquid. So we don't accept mm. NFTs um, yet because okay. the, the market's too too manipulated like fragmented um, yeah fragmented manipulated uh, not yeah. enough liquidity so you can you can easily drive up some nft with fake nonsense and and then dump on it uh, it happens all the time and people well, still like, go well yeah i mean uh, my buddy a buddy of mine made a ton of money on pepe coin which you know wasn't an nft but still same thing it's very much the same. yeah it's similar yeah. i mean um yeah at least it Pepe is a little bit more fungible, so you can, uh, you know, try to deal with that if there is enough volume to try and sell into the market. But sure. anyway, so so you lock up 110% collateral, and you uh, you don't want to borrow up to that. You know, like, let's sure. say yeah. you've got yeah. 100 bucks, you can borrow up to 90. Um, you you don't want to do that because as soon as that crosses that threshold, your vault will be liquidated to a whole bunch of vultures that are ready to accept that value at 10% under market value. So they get to buy that at 10% under. So you don't want to do that. But um, the the standard currently has five asset types, which is um, uh, that you can lock up. So Ethereum, wrapped Mm -hmm. Bitcoin, uh, Chainlink, um arbitrum and paxos gold okay so you can uh you can put those and 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 then you, now one of the things that i really wanted to deal with was um because i i'd been in the situation where i had been liquidated in one of my loans on on a on a different platform sure yeah uh, yeah and and it's and it's really a horrible experience you know um so one of the things we worked on is the ability for people to trade their locked collateral. Yes, they they might not be able to withdraw. They they can't withdraw it because it's programmatically impossible uh, sure. for you to withdraw it because it's backing the debt that you've borrowed from yourself. Sure, uh, you yeah, can yeah. withdraw it once you pay back that debt. You can withdraw it. Um, yeah. But but um, what I wanted to do was saying, let's say you've put a whole bunch of ETH in, you've borrowed, you know, eighty percent of that value. Um, as as a stable as Euro S mm-hmm. at zero percent interest, and you've paid off your I don't know car, and all of a sudden Ethereum just starts tanking, boom, boom, and you're getting closer to that 110 percent collateral sure, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. ratio. Yeah. So what you can do on the standard is trade your Ethereum for Paxos Gold, and because gold won't move five percent a day or ten percent sure, yeah. a day. Um, well, it's very rare. It can it could sure, you know, everything sure, possible, yeah. but the likelihood is a lot less. Um, so you can jump into a tokenized gold and just stop the bleeding for a minute <laughs> and not get liquidated, which mm-hmm. is great. And until you see the market turn around, you can trade back to 
to I don't know Chainlink or or to something else um, to to back your loan. Now, if it does cross that ratio, you will be liquidated, and and that is basically to make sure that there's always more value uh, backing the stablecoin than there are stablecoin. Yeah, gotcha. So, so liquidation is really important. Yeah. How do, so how do you mitigate that risk for somebody who wants to maybe give this a try on, say, you know, purchasing a car, the example that we were running? Um, I mean, obviously, the last thing you want is to have some market event that you don't control just, you know, crush your collateral. like, And that can yeah. happen really fast, too. So like, you could be at work and maybe not even see it happen, right? Um, yeah. How do you guys think about still kind of protecting the user in that sense um or yeah so or we're, we're looking yeah we're looking at a couple of things actually one of them uh is like we've just been accepted into the Chainlink build program uh partnering with Chainlink, and some of the tools that they've uh, released recently are really interesting and they allow us to do a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. and then and and some of that is automation um within the smart contracts so by the way, everybody, you know, when you're locking up funds here, you don't need to trust anybody. You don't need to trust us. We're not holding your funds. You're actually just using the smart contracts we wrote, locking up funds, and you never let go of your private keys. You, you've you locked up the funds that you control. It's just your key won't work unless you pay back the debt to yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's no trust there. But what, um, what Chainlink will allow us to do is set automations um for those collateral swaps the other really cool thing that we're pioneering here um ben is that people will be able people can already sell their debt sell the smart vault or the collateralized debt Mm -hmm. position sure um as an nft okay and this is a yeah this is kind of weird uh you know nfts uh you know when people talk about nfts they think oh pictures of a monkey but Actually, what we're pioneering is dynamic NFTs. And what these are, are um, an NFT, which is uh, the image is an SVG file. For those that don't know, it's like a, it's a vector file uh, rather than pixels. Okay. <laughs> it's getting nice and nerdy, but sure, yeah. uh, anyway, it, it's, it's, uh, it's basically an image and we pull data from the blockchain in real time and display that data in the image. So what does that mean? What we display is how much collateral have you got in there? So you've got in in your debt, you might have like two ETH and one Chainlink and one Paxos Gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it would say that. It would say how much that is in euros because that's right now you're you're borrowing a euro stablecoin or a US sure. stablecoin. And yeah. then it'll show you how much debt you've taken out against that collateral. And it'll tell you what that vault's worth after that debt's been uh, paid off right gotcha so, okay so so you can if you uh if you bought your car yeah and you've got you know 10 grand locked up in eth and you've borrowed five grand from yourself mm-hmm. uh so there's five grand of value sitting there once yeah. you've paid off that debt right sure so um so what someone can do is say oh man i've lost my job i really need liquidity um i've got yeah. 10 grand sitting in my smart vault here but i can't access it without uh paying off the debt and i can't afford to pay off the debt right now yeah yeah okay um so what you can do is you can go and open c and just sell that nft and whoever buys that nft 
the the debt basically disappears from your interface and then and then appears in the person that's bought the NFT. Yeah. And now, like, it's like a key to the smart vault. Right? So okay. now someone's bought the debt and collateral from you. So all they then do is pay off the debt and then they can withdraw the collateral. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. It's really sweet. Do you, I mean, for a financially minded person, like maybe some of the people in crypto or TradFi or whatever, this stuff is super interesting. Do you see like a avenue for this to be more mainstream? Because like one of the themes that I have kind of been thinking about this last year is crypto for a lot of people is still pretty hard, right? So yeah. you're average lay person is i don't know well, maybe just say average person maybe not lay yeah. person but average yeah. person is you know not crypto native you know used to you know ios or android operating systems and how things kind of work there and like yeah. asking somebody to go through this process to just say take out a loan for a car since that's an example like how do you have you thought about how this gets easier for people over time um yeah right yeah, now it absolutely. seems sophisticated it, you need to be relatively sophisticated to to yeah this platform well, I, i'll share my screen and i'll show sure, yeah. people and, and then you, you can make up your mind to see if it's easier because it is hard when you're talking about it um do you see my, um, yep. my screen here yeah we're okay. so, yeah so here we are in the interface for the standard right borrow for zero percent interest and uh, anyone can just create a new smart vault. I've got a bunch here already mm -hmm. created because, uh, you know, it's kind of a testing wallet. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, but uh, let's say we just create, let, let's say you're fresh, there won't be any down here. So you create a new one. Um, it, it goes off, does this thing. MetaMask opens. You just sign a little transaction to, yeah. because you're creating now something on the blockchain. So I create that transaction. Do you have it to use MetaMask as your wallet currently? Or? No, no, you can use uh, any wallet that uh, you know Web Connect or okay. one of these users. Yeah, so um, it, it'll go off to its thing. Uh, sometimes the blockchain's slower, sometimes it's faster. Sure, yeah. Uh, but as soon as that transaction uh, verifies, uh, it appears. So it just appeared here. Yep. Uh, as as this vault. Um. Maybe it's because I'm, I'm sharing or something. There we, there we go. We'll, we'll go in anyway. Okay. So this is the new vault here. Ba basically, um, uh, this is it, number 106 here. Yeah. Uh, we, go, we go manage. Every, um, and you see now your, your smart vault. So this, this is basically you can deposit Ethereum, Bitcoin, uh, yeah. Link, Paxos Gold. And you can also see what it's doing. So let's go deposit, you know, uh, we deposit here. We'll say, um, I don't know, like, uh, let's see what we've got in our, in our MetaMask. Uh, we should have enough in this one. Yep, 0.5 ETH. So let's say we put uh, 0.1, 0.1 ETH. And um, again, MetaMask opens up. We confirm the transaction and uh, it'll go off and do its thing. Yeah. And um, and then when uh, if you just hit refresh here, uh, once the blockchain's confirmed, sure. it'll, yeah, yeah. it'll pop up here. And oh, there we go. Now it's popped up. So uh, now we can go to borrow, and yeah. uh, we can borrow against that. So we can see there's 153 euros worth of uh, value here, 
and we just go borrow, um, I don't know, 100, 100 euros. You can see here yeah. how much of the collateral yeah. you're taking up. And if sure. you're thinking, oh, that's, that's a bit tight, uh, I might do 80. Sure. And, uh, and then you go withdraw. And while the MetaMask pops up, um, it's going to cost you a little bit of gas. But we do that and we wait a little bit. And while we wait, I'll just show you here. Oh, that's probably too late. Uh, I just wanted to show you how much euro is. I've got 724. I did before this have sure. uh, 80 euros less, but now I've got some euro s and I can go off and basically trade that for USDC or something that maybe Kraken takes. Yeah. Um, and eventually we'll be rolling out to more centralized exchanges so people can trade this for actual euros or actual things. But um, wow. Uh, yeah, or they can go and buy more Ethereum with it. Let's say they think really Ethereum's going up uh, like crazy, so they can do that. So it's it's yeah. pretty easy. And then when you repay, you can just say, oh, "Okay, I want to repay the maximum amount," and uh, and you know do the same. We've got a new history tab here, so uh, it takes a little while to propagate sure. new transactions. But yeah, yeah, um, that so it's really not that difficult, you know. Yeah, um, that, I mean that's that's pretty simple um that's actually really simple yeah yeah it's beautiful and and so you can uh the next release we're releasing will you'll be able to do the swap so from here you can go i'll swap it to pax gold and it'll just uh the eth will disappear from here and reappear as pax gold down here do you have one do you have alerts like in say real time? So say you are getting close to that liquidation threshold. Like, do you have like, hey, you're, you know, you're coming yeah. up. Yeah. So this is something that um, we'll we'll add later. Um, absolutely, it's something mm -hmm. that Chainlink again, Chainlink will help us with, um, which is really great, and we really love the partnership with those guys because they they they're just fantastic. Um, it's it's one of these things like that it we don't want to be too centralized like this interface here is our reference interface eventually sure. a lot of people are going to build interfaces like wallets will build interfaces into the standard and stuff but okay. uh, the the alarm system will definitely be there sure um it'll cost tst which is our governance token yeah. for people to use and um and uh yeah that that will bring value to that uh, as well a okay bit. so but, so the only cost to a user in borrowing from themselves at zero percent is really just whatever sort of transaction fees you're paying like gas fees for ethereum right um yes and no so there is a minting fee um okay. it's zero it's zero percent fixed interest right but there's a minting fee of 0 0.5 so if you borrow 100 bucks then yeah. you actually borrow 100 uh, bucks and 50 cents yeah, yeah so um so no one really cares that much about that but it really helps support um more development and those fees get dropped onto tst uh stakers so okay. our vision so really is that in the future we will have uh tst stakers who stake in the liquidation pools and they get access to liquidated assets on the spot and they get all these fees dropped onto them um, but they have to do a little bit of work, and that's why it's not a security. They have to, you know, do a little bit of work to receive those. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's 
it's uh, a, a, it's I, I've tried to be as uh, build a system uh, we have that is as um, independent of any external funds that it's yeah. self perpetuating. Yeah, um, you know so, everyone talks. Yeah, sorry. So real quick, you you guys uh, make your money on that fifty basis point minting fee, and that is basically used to support the protocol. That's pretty much it. That's right. Yeah. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is really cool, actually. It's cool, right? <laughs> yeah. This it's is awesome. Super, this is super cool. Um, what uh, like, how are things going generally? Just zooming out a bit. How? What has the reception been for this project recently? Um, whoever I talk to and whoever I show, they're blown away. Um, it's just that the uh, you know we we really basically need to start marketing. We're, we've been working sure. kind of mainly uh, under you know just sort of just beavering away. Yeah. Um, and then we we thought uh, let's just launch the MVP um, it, and launch it on Arbitrum and uh, and get something going. And then um, I had to also move house at the same time. Oh so, sure, yeah. Uh, since launch and since now, um, uh, that you know we've just basically been um, uh, you know allowing organic people finding it organically, but sure. Um, I, I, we're, we're just adding more and more really interesting features. And as more and more people find us, I think uh, they'll realize the value of it. One, one of the things I'd love to show is the, um, what, so about a year ago or 2022 last pass got hacked and last pass was, do you remember those guys? I mean, Uh, yeah, I, I used last pass actually. So, right. Yeah. Right. Well, um, uh, the thing is that LastPass got hacked about a year ago. The, the hackers got away with um, everybody that used it. The blobs of data, even though they were all encrypted, uh, there were certain things that were not encrypted, like email addresses of who owns the blob of nonsense that they can't get sure. into, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that alone allowed them to start brute force hacking um, high value emails. So they went for OGs in the space, uh, like crypto OGs, you know, ones mm-hmm. emails that popped up maybe on the Mt. Gox and something like that. And anyway, so uh, I had a seed phrase, which was just a test wallet, but you know, test wallets, they eventually become real wallets because you start using more and more yeah. money as you, you know, it can sometimes happen. And I thought, oh, I've got to close that down and in bitcoin it's kind of easy because you just sort of transfer stuff but with ethereum you've got lp in here you've taken out a loan and you've borrowed against yourself and and uh, you know so i had a loan on 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 a um a competitor site because i was testing it out a little while ago and i had to basically go in there for that single loan i had to pay off the debt um at a loss because ethereum had tanked um, yeah over that time right so i was like oh i i don't want to pay it off now but i have to because i want to move uh, because i had the seed in in last pass from sure. a year ago oh by the way guys if you if you did use last pass please go and move all your stuff and change your passwords because yes it was uh 
it was compromised and it's very hard. But if you've got a password that's not a master pass that wasn't too strong, you know, a, even a 10 letter, um, a letter, number, and character um, with, with uppercase and lowercase can be hacked in about four months uh, or three months even. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's not long. And if it's, if it's nine letters, it's like days. So, um, so, you know, if you did have it in there, I would recommend just going through and changing every password. Sure. Um, so my, my thing was, okay, I've got to get everything that I was using on the seed that was stored here onto a new seed. So I've got to make a fresh wallet with a new seed and start moving all the assets across. But with those alternatives, I had to go in there, I had to pay off the debt, I had to then uh, take the collateral, move that collateral onto the old wallet, send that to the new seed, send that to create the create the debt again and take out the debt if I wanted to, you know, open sure. the same yeah, position. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it, it, it just a headache and a lot of pain, lost money because I had to pay it off when I didn't sure. want to. Yeah. Um, with the, I went over to the standard. I had like, uh, you know, how many volts here? I've got like 20 volts or something. And I just selected all the NFTs in OpenSea because you go to OpenSea, you see all these NFTs. By the way, he, this is what I meant by it. Um, so here I've got ETH. Um, how much ETH is in there? The total value, uh, the debt, how much the collateral ratio is. So, and the total value minus debt that's in this vault. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just basically selected 20 of the, all the 20 NFTs in one transaction and sent it to the new wallet address. And they all went, disappeared and reappeared in my new wallet. I, I, it was just so good because it was a use case that I hadn't thought of before. Like, yeah. how do you move all these debts without a, a headache? And it, sure. it was just so beautiful to see it work. And I think once people see the magic that we've built, um, they'll, they'll start to realize, wow, this, this, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah what? Uh, so you, you kind of touched on you guys have been building what about sales marketing how how do you think about say getting this story out in front of people yeah um yeah it basically (laughs) the funny thing is with marketing in the crypto space there's you know crypto everyone talks about how many scammers there are in crypto Mm -hmm. but if there's one place that's got more scammers than crypto it's marketing (laughs) it's unbelievable Oh, you, you know, that's that's not just crypto. I'll tell you that right now. It's not just crypto. Not just crypto, man. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And it's only going to get worse with AI because AI can pretend that there's, a, you know, I don't know, 10,000 people in a, in a chat and that it's all discussing all different things and it's coming up, you know, especially yeah. now. Like back then, uh, back even only a year ago, they would have like talking points in Telegram chats, which were very generic, like great project. What's your uh, tokenomics like? Like these questions that look legit if you're doing an AMA. Sure. And then you start to realize no one's mentioning the name of the project. It's just always the project. Yeah. And, and you're like, I think these are all just fake comments, but millions of them. Yeah. And, um, and so it's very, very hard. And now with AI, those those things can start to be, you know, actually mentioned. Pretty strong, you know, yeah. Pretty strong, man. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, you know, 
while we will do marketing, um, what what I think we're going to focus on is more profit driven um, referral stuff because I think referrals are really the ultimate way of marketing. It's um, it's yeah. True. So so how would you uh, in that scenario? I don't know. Say say there's like a shoot. Say it's a partnership with me, right? And I've got some sort of code that refers, I don't know, 10 people a month. Like, how would you set up a partnership program for, you know, people who are showing your story? Like, have you put much thought into that? Yeah. So, um, we, you know, the governance token will be, I believe, and, and will be very, you know, it's a membership slash governance. So it will be very valuable in the mm-hmm. future. And so, I think we're going to base the referral thing around uh, issuing uh, TSD, but we're also partnering mm-hmm. with, um, so we've partnered with uh, Camelot Dex, which is the largest Dex on on Arbitrum mm-hmm. with the most volume. And they have this Grail token, which basically uh, gives a share of all the fees collected in, um, in on that Dex. Yeah, yeah, and so, okay. Yeah, so their Grail token, um, you know, there's all sorts of there's ways, ways to compensate can... people. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. and and so that's uh, you know it, it hasn't been built out yet. This, like I said, it's very M- MVP, you know, minimal viable product. Get it out sure. there, yeah. Get people using it. Get some feedback, like oh, I wouldn't mind this, that, the other thing. But um, but yeah, marketing it doesn't need to happen. It's it's yeah. at the front of my mind now. Actually, now that with the MVPs <laughs> out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the, the other thing that people are often like, oh, wow, this project's got 60, uh, 600 million TLV, you know, total value locked. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the volume and the total value locked is a little bit, it can happen quick, but in some projects, there's just a lot of sort of self trading and self sort of pumping. And we, you know, we just want to make sure that we're just growing organically, building cool tech, especially through the bear market. You know, there's no rush uh, for us massively. Of yeah. course, TST holders want there to be some. Sure, yeah, <laughs> they, they want to go to the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so yeah, I, I really, you know, our community is growing a lot, and as DAO, that's why I love DAOs as well, man. Like DAOs are, there's just no normal company will be able to compete with DAOs in the future. It's yeah. it, 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 there's just no way around it because DAOs are like taking the the best of capitalism and some of the great ideas of socialism, meaning that people can all own a part of the business yeah. by having the token, right? Yeah. So it's this really like without the gulags, <laughs> and yeah. without the nightmarish, uh, of of everything socialism that that sucks that that little key thing of oh anybody can actually start to own part of that business and while capitalism a- affords that it affords it through the stock exchange sure yeah um, but it's not as um uh it, it's not as easy for anybody to partake in that like some kid in Myanmar that's you know eighteen yeah. and sitting at home can't just buy some stock. Mm-hmm. of 
as easily as yeah. uh, as they just buying some tokens. Yeah, they couldn't go by like Robinhood or something in the U.S. that easily. Um, yeah, what about- and I'm not saying that that's what we are. I'm just saying generally speaking, yeah. in in the whole crypto sphere, this is what's sort of interesting about the space is that people can um, participate in projects without um, these the, the, all these overheads that yeah. uh, the legacy system put yeah. on board. Um, kind of pivoting a little. So stable coins have been a big topic, right? The last yep. couple of years. And yep. CBDCs are tied in there too, obviously. How do you, how do you kind of think about like differentiating the standard versus, you know, private stable coins, CBDCs? Like, like, I, so th- this popped up for me recently. Because I was listening to some podcast on Banklet, this Bankless podcast about this Argentine who uh, is, I think he was creating a stable coin or using, no, he's creating one. Um, he's creating one, but basically the idea is private stable coins can help export the US dollar globally, which in theory the US government would want because it would lower the cost of borrowing. The dollar is more endemic. Um, it helps preserve purchasing power, at least in, you know, this guy's home country of Argentina, obviously. But um, how do you how do you kind of think about where the standard fits in this, you know, landscape of uh, stable so, coins and CBDCs and all that? I think what you know when I when we were building this and there's already so many stable coins, I thought. The focus really cannot be on stable coins right now. Um, people will borrow EuroS, but they probably won't hold it for long. They'll probably just trade it to either go long sure. in Ethereum or they'll go and trade it for USDC or something else so they can get it onto an exchange and get real yeah, fiat. Go, yeah, go get cash. You know? Yeah, so we're really focused right now on the fact that you can borrow money uh, without spending your crypto, and mm-hmm. this this does multiple things. It stops you attracting capital gains tax in mm-hmm. most countries. This isn't taxation advice, but uh, generally speaking, if you borrow money, you don't get hit with capital gains tax because you haven't sold anything. Um, you haven't sold your crypto. That's so, interesting. That, yeah. So another so, another quick aside podcast here in the states. I was listening to. A political podcast and they're talking about executive pay in the united states and how executives over the last 20 years basically are taking all their comp and stock and then rather than selling it realizing some sort of capital gains they're basically taking security-based loans at some low percentage point and then maybe paying it back maybe never paying it back but ultimately avoiding tax that way based on the assets that they hold and what you're telling me is pretty much everyone can do that here. Yeah, that's right. Everyone can yeah. do that here. And this is what Elon Musk did as well. Uh, Musk didn't uh, pay, doesn't pay himself much. He he, he borrows money yeah. against his stock. And um, and yeah, you you can borrow at zero percent interest. And this is also fascinating because it's fixed interest, so you can allow inflation to pay off your debt. And there's no time limit to pay it off because it's your own smart contract. It, it, you can borrow at 0% and for 10 years allow inflation to basically take the 
100,000 euro loan or dollar loan that you, whatever you take out and and in 10 years time maybe that's worth a can of coke you know so that's, now you've bought <laughs> the way we're currently going sure um yeah right so that that brings up like a whole nother question like is there is there a risk in people more or less taking like perpetual loans on assets and then having kind of the value of the total collateral be compromised over time like does does that question make sense there, there you know that's up to the user's risk if they want to lose 10 percent um of their the the value on top because it's going to get liquidated sure um so i just paid off the debt here and now i've you know, got, now I can take out my collateral the way folks. <laughs> I just yeah. just trying to keep it interesting. Sure. Um, uh, yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I, it's not really a problem because programmatically the system cannot have less value in it than stable coins floating around. It's always going to have more value locked okay. up um, because of that liquidation process. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, someone someone can take out a loan, uh, get some ETH, put that ETH back in, uh, you know, and leverage up like that, and then take out a more loan and then put that ETH back in. But uh, every time you do that, you can only do that less and less and less and less until you reach like real, and then you're super highly leveraged. Yeah, and then it'll cross that barrier, and then and it'll, it'll cascade on you, and then you'll get liquidated. Um, yep. Yep, it'll cascade all the way down. So interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you, you <laughs> Yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. Um Yeah, so um it's you know one of the 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 big the big thing, the big one ticket, the north star is how do we build a stable coin that locks up assets without a central party locking up assets. So Traditionally, you had the gold standard, right? And this yeah. is why we're also called the standard because it's similar to the gold standard, except the gold standard had the government, a centralized authority, holding gold, which was value, and then issuing debt on that um, yeah. in terms of certificates sure. or, you know, green yeah, yeah. So, So we, um, but nowadays, um, why, why do we, why, let's not do that. Let's allow thousands of people to lock up assets all around the world that and that's the backing that's the new standard and um and so that that's really the north star how do we do that and so because these are smart contracts you can write in there in a contractual mechanism this will never ever go below there will never be less value whereas tether i don't know how much collateral they've got usdc sure. I'm not sure. I have to trust their auditors. But yeah. As we saw with Sam uh, Bankman-Fried or Ford, yeah. that we um, they can make deals on the assets. So yes, yeah, they yeah, can yeah. have an auditor come in and say, "Yeah, look, there's this and this much on the bank account." First of all, banks are legally allowed to be in fractional reserve. So yeah, yes, the bank account says you know 10 billion, but yeah. They're allowed to be, you know, uh, however much fractional reserve they they want, and uh, and the other thing is that they um, they can make contracts 
privately written, human written contracts to say, look, we look how much creditors funds we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, let us borrow more or yeah. something like that or yeah, whatever yeah. they want to do. They yeah, can yeah. play jiggery pokery and no one will ever see it. And they can skirt around auditors and everything with that sort of stuff. So this is why smart contracts, they cannot do that. Two plus two is always four. It's never five. It yeah. cannot be. And and so this is the future. This is how we change the world. This is how we get away from puppet masters. And in terms of CBDCs, they're an entire nightmare of a can that's starting to be open. Yeah. And yeah. um, and when people start to realize that uh, these things, how powerful these things can be for the for the authority, uh, the issuing authority, uh, oh, yeah. people. Uh, it's going to be a nightmare. And we're already seeing a cashless society starting to happen. It's uh, in Germany, it's a little bit less. Um, they're they're a little, little less trusting, but in Australia here, they're, um, it's almost cashless. I went to a shop the other uh, today, actually, to buy a, a trackpad from Apple, right? Um, yeah. It, it was like an Apple reseller. And they sure. said, a cash or card? And I said, oh, you know, cash. And, and she was like, oh, uh, I haven't had that for a while, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah, she yeah. was like, and she said to me, I, I had someone else paying in cash like two weeks ago. I was like, two weeks ago? Yeah. And, so, and she goes, yeah, I was really sus. I was like, are you a drug dealer or what? what yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, what, what do you mean? This is just money. This is, yeah. You know, so people, as we get, start moving down the CBDC path, normalities of privacy around money will be removed and you'll be painted as a terrorist or a, or a drug dealer or something bad purely because you don't want to use it. And, and then um, the, the control of like, Oh, look, there's a, there's an obesity epidemic. Um, I was just going to go there. Like in the, yeah. in the United States, you could easily see a situation where you're just not allowed to pay for soda anymore. For example, like yep. you, just, you just can't buy it. Um, yeah. You've like, had one new for one week. Yeah, yeah. You get your one a month or whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a horrifying thought for sure. Um, and yeah, people- and 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 then the whole like, and this was tested. Where was it tested? Oh, some country that's testing our CBDCs and uh, of the expiry date on your savings as well. Oh yeah, to yeah, that's another horrifying one too. Where say the Fed wants to, you know, juice um spending in this quarter they can say you got a thousand bucks if you don't spend it by the end of the quarter you might have 900 left type thing yeah which yeah yeah which is horrible like it's yeah it's horrifying um it's horrifying and it's only one step away from social credit as well because it's only a slight upgrade away from attaching a social credit mechanism yeah um the black mirror episode is I mean, it's it's sounds like it's already live in China. Um, to totally. Yeah. 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 It. I don't know. Some. I these, said to I said to my Chinese friend, "What's it like uh, living in uh, uh, with a with a with a social credit system and all that?" And and he said, oh, "I can't complain." Wink. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. These these conversations always scare me just because 
like I see it, you know, like like a CBDC in the United States would be horrible in my view. Um, a lot of people probably don't necessarily view it that way, but my general take is that if you if you give an inch on, you know, government control, they'll take it and they'll take an inch next year and then next year and then next year and then next year and then and then you know your original position you're way far gone like it's well you guys have already started um you've got fed now which mm-hmm. was released a few months back and for for those that, of your listeners that don't know like you know a lot of people say well what's the difference between cbdc i've already i use my card everywhere it's all digital anyway what's the difference mm-hmm. well well, right now, the mechanism or how, how it works traditionally is a bank would, uh, I, I would go to bank, uh, I would go to the shop and I'd pay for something. And that transaction from that shop to the, uh, from my bank account to that shop um, would basically be my bank talking to the shop's bank saying, oh, I owe you a hundred bucks. Yeah. And, but it wouldn't happen right away. It would just say, I owe you. And throughout the day, a lot of different customers will do the same thing. And maybe there's a million uh, owing now at the end of the day from bank, this bank, from my bank, to yeah. the shop's bank, which is like uh, maybe two million. Yeah. And instead of uh, sending a million and the two million, they would just go, oh, what's the difference yeah. if I sent that? And just send one transaction, the difference, boom, and it's settled. And yeah. that's done by the central bank. Yeah. Now, what's happened there is the central bank doesn't know what's what made up that million. Yeah. They have no idea. They just know that this bank needs to send that bank a million and then it's settled. End yeah. of day settlement, done. Um, with the CBDC, however, the central bank knows every single transaction, what it is, who it is, and and allows it to happen or or denies yeah. it. Yeah, it's program and, it's programmatic money, right? So you want that soda. You know, you're 20% overweight. You can't have that soda. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't happen. And, and, oh, you know, you've, you've, uh, due to climate change, we're going to have to stop you driving, um, or whatever, you know, like, yeah, whatever agenda, if you believe it or not, whatever it is, it means it's a ratcheting of control that is becoming programmatic. And it's, uh, it's, it's frightening. Yeah. So yeah. So so to answer your question, at the end of that, is that really we we want to build really the the North Star uh, is not only having um, you know more value locked up than that. That's on that front of of technically how does a stablecoin stay stable? But sure. Uh, in terms of what why we're doing the mission rather than the vision is really to a, enable an exit door. Because yeah. how do you keep? Because CBDCs are coming. We we cannot stop them. We can't vote. We can't. We can't. Yeah. Card. Yeah. They're they're not. Yeah. Even in the United States, people would. Yeah. There. There's no way that I don't think any politician would tell a story to say this is fundamentally anti-democratic, anti-freedom, anti-values. Like we can't allow this in any capacity. Um, I just don't no, think. That's that's they're almost selling it as as they use the fear approach they use terrorism and drug money and corruption etc etc and that they need to control these things but you know i'm pretty sure the dollar is the most used currency globally for all sorts of fraud 
right? Like, Absolutely. I mean, in, in terms of drug dealing, US dollar cash is uh, used for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and British point all the way from growing the, the poppies to yeah. you know, mixing it, to rolling it, and all the way to throwing it up your nose. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, so, um, yeah, it's it's definitely. But anyway, I think that they'll on the political front, they'll use that. Um, and on, on the user front, they'll say, look how convenient it is. It's so convenient. It's real yeah. time. It, it, when you pay your friend, they see it in re, you know that second rather than having to wait a day, yeah, or three days. You know, it's it's there's no more settlement period. So, um, you know, the, it's it it always the the road to hell is always paved with convenience, and, and yeah, this is something that humans are somehow, you know, they just they they just seem to fall down that trap very often, but. Yeah, but nevertheless, I, so my my whole thing is: look, this is happening. Let's just make an alternative. Yeah, uh, that's just better. That's just better. I mean, they cannot compete. Banks cannot compete with zero percent interest because there's well, overheads. Yeah. yeah, they'll go out of they'll go out of business. Or well, ha have you thought about like? Um, I mean, have you thought about the implication of something like this taking off and the effect it would have on? I don't know if like the global banks will go out of business, but like regional banks maybe or small local banks. Like, have you thought about kind of, I guess, like maybe a world without banks to a degree? Oh, uh, man, for the last, since 2010, I've been thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's all good with me. I don't mind. Yeah. Um, if banks go away, I, I, I think that uh, there's just better ways to do money. And yeah. more and more, you know, banks used to be this place where you, go and you bring your your precious metals uh, they would store it and give you a certificate of uh, of yeah. storage and then you trade that certificate as and that's where paper cash comes from right is actually yeah. this certificate yeah and um and, and and they've evolved into these sort of awful things where you can't even go and pick up money uh, i remember trying to buy a car when i was younger it was a, only a cheap car and it was like 15 grand or something. And I went to the bank to withdraw fifth, you know, my my life they, savings at that they, time. And they, they like, won't let you do it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are you kidding? What? You can't withdraw 15 grand. And you're like, it's my yeah. money. What are you? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, I don't know. I mean, this resonates for us, right? But I think one of the biggest problems with just financial services in general is like, you know, at least in the United States, none of this is taught, right? So, like, what is an interest rate? What is money? What is debt? You know, how do you like? How do you invest? What should you invest? Like, none of these concepts are really taught. So, like, yeah. I think one of the challenges that you know my my old career as a financial advisor to you know now software and crypto and stuff like the the story just doesn't resonate super hard for most people and people like buy on an emotional level never a rational level so yeah. so telling the right story is the hardest thing in the world um yeah. and i just i don't know i just hope that crypto can find find a way to simplify and stop talking so much about features and more about like values type thing um, I, I think you're right man and but i think we're where crypto really, well, 
I think podcasts like yours are just super important to educate people. But I think crypto has given this renaissance in in financial literacy outside of um, you know, buy a house, uh, pay it off yeah. a mortgage, take a lien against it and buy a second one sure. that's near a university, Lena, put it on Airbnb or whatever it is, you know, this sort of stuff. Sure. Rather, it's like this renaissance of what is money? Where does it come from? Oh, wait, what it's just printed out of nowhere with interest that doesn't exist in the system. Or, you know, it's it's national yeah. reserves are allowed legally to like the nth degree. Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. banks don't even need a fraction or don't even need a reserve anymore. Like, yeah. So so the the, the crypto allowed for that conversation to start again. Um, it used to be something that was taught when when there was talk about going off of the gold standard uh, in the Nixon era. They, they would they would people would sit around the tables and actually discuss these things, but that sort of disappeared for a very long time. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I think uh, maybe something positive to end on is I think you're right. Like at least in like um, a total aggregate sense there are more people more financially aware probably than ever before but it is still maybe one percent generously of the public right yeah and you need it to be way 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 more so yeah we got we just got to keep telling the story (laughs) absolutely and and you know i we keep going on about like grandma friendliness it's got to be grandma friendly but Actually, the whole crypto sphere, like MetaMask, is is really, while it's it's semi easy, it's also extremely annoying and horrible. And I think wallets wallets are, I think, the first line of um, cracking the mainstream. You know, making wallets super yeah. easy to use, understandable, relatable, security. There's nothing. You know that feeling. Um, when you when you send a transaction and that that moment of clicking send to did i send it to the right place did i send eth to a bitcoin address did i blah blah blah. yeah yeah like that and it's get and it's really terrible in in the smart contract world because you've now got like on on arbitrum you've got usdc.e which is uh which is bridged uh uh bridged usdc yeah and then usdc which is native on arbitrary, like, like yeah. just a complete nightmare. And and I think really where that, that first line of defense for grandma friendliness really is on the wallet front. Yeah. And I would agree. Yeah. And funnily enough, I I think, you know, as we 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 for instance with this wallet here, um, it, it's kind of a wallet, really, the standard. Because when you when you deposit, um, you can actually take this QR code and deposit in uh, anybody can deposit into your vault. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You don't just need to go using, uh, using the MetaMask that you're logged into uh, or you, the wallet that you're logged in with. You can actually grab that. And let's say you have a shop, you can start to, and these are what, what are called, um, oh, I think I've forgotten the term, um, but the, the, they're sort of, they're wallets that are, that are, smart contracts now yeah in the cloud rather than um, yeah there's uh a buddy or a, i guess a new friend on the podcast actually yesterday mentioned blocks new hard wallet 
I don't know if you've seen this or not. It's a multi-sig wallet that you have a key in your phone. You have a key tied to your actual thumbprint, I guess, is the biometric. Mm -hmm. And then they also hold a key. So Mm -hmm. if you're trying to, well, let's just say you lose your phone, right? Yep. You can reinstitute you can reinstitute your wallet access by your thumbprint and then blocks key because your phone's gone, right? Or yeah. you know, all vice versa. But I thought that was an interesting take on more security, you know, in your control at all times yeah. and also ease of use and functionality and stuff like that too. Man, multi-seek is a ha, ha, has a big part to play in the future of of crypto um yeah yeah absolutely especially when it, i mean it's a whole new section yeah, but especially when it comes to like countries holding holding crypto um the thing is I've, I've always been against countries holding crypto because uh they they could hold like whole countries at ransom like if you get a bad leader yeah they could say oh, i've got the private key now i'm if you don't vote for me again i'm just going to take the world's uh, like the country's value yeah and, and or uh, we've got so much security and we've screwed it up. We don't know how to access the entire sure. country's money. You know, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Whereas a multi-sig where everyone has a key, it's almost like voting now where, oh, you want to you wanna sign a transaction. You could actually sign a transaction with your, uh, your key um, and, and start to vote for things. Or you could, uh, yeah. you could say, oh, no. so there's, there's the multi-sig has, has a huge future, uh, obviously in security for for enterprise, uh, but also for the small, small people oh, yeah, and think, countries. I think, uh, like even what you guys do at the standard and bringing like this essentially security-based lending to people at scale is, you know, that's democratization of financial services. Twenty years ago, only super wealthy could take security-based loans. You know. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there's a million things like that you just touched on. So, like voting on the blockchain is one thing I haven't seen a hell of a lot about, probably for obvious reasons. Um, oh, what was the other thing you just mentioned too? Like, uh, oh, tied into that would be your identity, right? So, if you had like a, a blockchain-based identity to verify your votes and you know opening accounts or whatever, but then do you really want, on the flip side, a you know, centralized digital identity. I don't know. Right. There's like, there's, there's a lot of things to consider there. Yeah. I mean, digital identity is a really interesting one. And I think what it'll come down to what I, what I hope will happen is that people will build based on avatars and those avatars will start to get respect in the real world, um, get, get business uh yeah. you know feedback just like eBay has a feedback mechanism basically that's an avatar right you sure. you've got your eBay feedback and if you screw up that feedback then you have to sell for more more for, uh, yeah, for yeah. cheaper because no one trusts you and that's an interesting thought too that like pseudo yeah. anonymous but build trust over time and yeah because <laughs> because if someone steals your identity um, it's kind of lost forever, and that that's really hard because yeah. someone steals. Um, you know, if someone, if my data, all my passports and and stuff got leaked, and that happens all the time, um, my identity could just be regenerated by a scammer over and over and over again. 
Yeah. Whereas with an avatar, at least if that gets stolen, I can just turn it off and yeah. and generate a new one and have to start again uh getting, you know, reputation scores, but at least that way it's uh, better. This is all stuff that the cypherpunks thought about a long time ago. Um Yeah. 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 But it's more relevant now than ever before because of a, the rise of AI and um Yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be interesting to see how it all comes together for sure. Um we're we're definitely along for the ride so yeah man yeah, yeah it's it's a, it's definitely an amazing time to be alive and witnessing uh this this period of of humanity oh for sure well let's uh let's leave it there um everyone go check out Josh's the standard you'll probably be hearing a lot more about it but thanks again for coming on man um always love having these conversations with you so it's my pleasure ben thanks for having me yeah cool all right guys Till next one.